Church, Andover Campus, in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Who in, in here is able to live perfectly in the moment? You don't look for, you don't anticipate, you're just ever present in the moment. I fail at this, oh, okay, Hudson is. I am, I am miserable at this. I anticipate everything, like, I'm the kid when I was, like, right before Thanksgiving would even get there. What is the Christmas present? What's going to be under there? I'm, I'm looking forward to this. The, the movie that would come out, I'd look forward to it. Uh, I've been anticipating this cantata for ages. Uh, and it was, it was pleasant, right? It turned out better than I anticipated. Um, uh, growing up, Garth Brooks was one of my favorite artists. And he retired before I was able to, like, start going to concerts. And I'd always told mom, if he ever comes back and, and does another tour, I want to go see him. Like, I, I dreamed of this for years. And then finally, he came back on the scene, and I bought tickets. And it was still months ahead before this concert. And I, like, built it up, and it was everything I thought it would be. It was as good a, a concert as I've ever been to. But then we have expectations that don't meet them, right? There's this book, Ender's Game, uh, probably one of my top three books of all time, uh, read it as a kid, probably read it every year. Uh, they announced they were finally going to make a movie out of this book. They uh, got amazing directors. They got great actors. They put it together. And I built this thing up in my head. This is going to be the best movie ever. It, surely it's going to be Oscar worthy, right? It was a disaster. It was bad acting, bad filming, bad cinematography, everything. When we anticipate things and it works out better than we could hope, it's great, right? But when we anticipate something and it lets us down, it's even worse, right? John the Baptist has been on the front lines of whatever is happening in Israel's story. He's part of a family who's had these divine messengers come and speak to his parents and his aunt and uncle about who his cousin would be. He is going to be God with us. He's going to be Jesus who saves. They grow up together. He sees who Jesus is. He goes out in the wilderness and announces that Jesus is coming. He baptizes him, declare, sees the heavens open up, sees the Spirit descend on Christ, announces that this is the one who is, who is better than even I. I'm, I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. He's coming with uh, his, his fork of judgment, right? Really, the next time we see John the Baptist is kind of this scene. By this point in their ministry, he is uh, in jail, kind of reflecting on life to this point. He's uh, upset the queen, and uh, he's there now going, what, what is this all about? And he looks around. Is this really the one who is to come? Is Jesus who we thought he was going to be. We thought he was going to come and uh, put an axe to the nation of Israel and, and make things right. We thought he was going to overthrow Rome. We thought he was coming with judgment to declare that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, and none of that is happening. 
You can kind of sense his disappointment already as he sends his disciples to go to Jesus and figure out, are, are you the one? I've got to imagine that even Jesus' answer is disappointing to him. I, I imagine John the Baptist wanted to hear, yes, I'm the one to come. Give me just a little bit longer and then we're going to overthrow Rome. Give me just a little bit longer and the palace will be better than you could have hoped for. Give me just a little bit longer and the presence of God will be here. And instead he responds, go and tell John what you see and hear. Those who are blind are able to see. Those who are crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who are deaf now hear. Those who are dead are raised up. The poor have had good news proclaimed to them. This is Jesus' evidence to John that everything he had anticipated was coming true. This looks nothing like what we anticipate uh, in the person that's going to come and save Israel. But Jesus says this is absolutely the sign that God is here and that God is doing what he promised he would do. Go and tell this to John. I imagine his disappointment. I think about the ways I've been disappointed at times. But if you stop and think, this absolutely makes sense, right? Because this is the, the message of the cradle, and this is the message of the cross, that Christ has come to set the whole of the world free. It makes perfect sense that he would start with those who are in bondage, those who uh, were sick, those who were oppressed. This is absolutely Christ's sign that he is the one that John had declared that was coming. Jesus goes on to say, this John guy who's been asking about us, he is the, he is the prophet of prophets. There's, there's none like him. Later on it says that he is like Elijah come back. But in the kingdom of heaven, just, just the, the lowest in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Jesus is reframing the entire narrative of what it means to be people. For now, it's no longer the greatest in Israel's line. It's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And there are going to be people who set people free. This whole passage upends what it means to anticipate the kingdom of heaven and to anticipate what Jesus is going to do. And he invites us into it in this passage. The, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. So we have to begin to ask ourselves, are we part of the kingdom of heaven? As we live in this Advent season and anticipate Christ coming again, we stand in the kingdom of heaven announcing that Jesus is in fact the one that John prepared us for. But that means that things look different even for us. It means our citizenship starts first and foremost in heaven, not in America or wherever you live. It means that uh, what success looks like is different. Success looks like the fruits of the Spirit. It looks like living out the Beatitudes. It looks like announcing to people that are sick that there is healing. As we wait for Christ to come again, this second advent, we anticipate, right? People throughout time have been uh, kind of trying to set up when it will come. We, we heard a couple weeks ago that we don't know when Christ is coming back. We were commanded to, to steward his kingdom until he does. I love this church because I look out and I see people who've taken this message seriously. I knew it before, but this last month has proved that this church understands what it means to care for the kingdom of heaven as we await its full fullness. 
as we buried Pat Bender, uh, I reflected on what this church had been to her uh, when she was uh, able to attend and then after she wasn't. As, as the family was cared for at the reception, I saw very much literally this passage lived out. At Jingle Jam Friday night, we had 60-something kids come in and hear, them, hear the announcement that joy is not in what you think it is in. There's a way to find joy even when things aren't going right. I look at uh, kind of the everyday, ordinary ways you live out your citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, and it looks different than the world. I could tell story after story of what I've seen of each of you do, the way you go out and serve our kids and serve those who are on the margins, and announce that the world standards are not your standards. I look out right now and I see people who bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I love this church, and I love you. I'm delighted that we get to lean into this together as we anticipate Christ coming. And we see that time when all things are made right. We get to do the everyday, ordinary parts of being in the kingdom of heaven together. Friends, the least of you are greater than John the Baptist. Christ has come and Christ will come again. Until that day, we, we do the everyday, ordinary things together. We ask God to fill us with his grace. We come to the scriptures, we pray, we fast, we gather in worship and we come to the table. In many ways, this is the throne room of the kingdom of heaven. We come to these very simple elements and, and believe that in a mysterious way, Christ himself is present, meets us here and pours out his grace in abundance. And so we come week after week. Would you join me in our confession and pardon?